What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We take you now to April 30th, 2045, the day the masks finally came off. This is CNN. Welcome to CNN Money. I'm Phelan Tuomi. Tonight's top story, mask manufacturers were caught off guard by the government's sudden lifting of the mask mandate in all remaining states that were implementing it. Maureen Bradley is in Minneapolis with more details. I'm here at the 4N Company headquarters where the news of the mandate lift has taken everyone completely by surprise. The number one manufacturer of protective masks has seen steady record profits over the last 25 years due to the overwhelming need for face coverings in the wake of the COVID-19, 22, 28, 37, and 44 pandemics. Masks have overtaken all of their other product lines in terms of production and profitability, so no one is exactly sure how much of an impact this sudden reversal is going to have. In an official statement, 4N said they were expecting a temporary turndown in profit, but that their other lines of business were doing fine, and that it didn't expect this downturn to last very long. Maureen Bradley for CNN Money in Minneapolis. In related news, as we first reported here, Project Veritas released a video two hours ago where a visibly distraught chairman of 4N was caught on hidden camera discussing the company's future. I have no idea what the hell we're going to do now. We have a shit ton of masks in our warehouses that were scheduled to ship over the next few months and a cartload of big orders that were just being canceled. Now it's going to be years before we can get rid of the damn things. Well, isn't there something else that can be done with them? Like freaking what? Knit them into a big parachute? God, we're so screwed. We were making $2 per unit on masks that were made in some hovel in Mexico. Wow, now they're out of work. Oh, screw them. Who cares? My pension is going to hell. That's what matters. They're all going to blame me for this. Where in the hell was my government contact? We pay him a fartload of money to keep us abreast of anything like this. I'm going to wring his damn neck when I get my hands on him. Didn't you have any inkling at all that this would happen? Not as long as we had scientists and doctors being paid by our industry to tell people to keep wearing them. So what are we going to do now? Go back to selling scratch tape? People can pick that crap up at dollar stores. And sandpaper? Who the hell even uses sandpaper anymore? Some old fart out in Vermont refinishing his 3,000-year-old rocking chair, maybe? God, I just need to disappear. When CNN Money returns, we will be talking to the owners of the last two remaining NFL teams about their plans for next season. Tune in next time for another exciting episode of The Day the Masks Came Off. 
We now have a special update from Aaliyah on the Ohio train derailment. Hi, I'm Aaliyah, and I'm a puppy. Look, black clouds. One hour later. This video has been removed for the good of the liberal world order and you now have your second hard strike. You have violated YouTube's terms of service for reporting on the facts instead of the prescribed narrative and using terms deemed harmful to society such as black and clouds. Even though this entire podcast did not mention coronaviruses, vaccines, the pandemic, or mask mandates, we feel it is important to remind you that COVID is a terrible thing that only our liberal corporate overlords are allowed to speak on. Here is some information for the CDC that we will use to delete your channel for reading. We at YouTube care about our content creators, so feel free to dispute this decision with our automated denial system. A few hours later. This is another clear example of big tech shutting down yet another independent voice at the behest of the government media complex. Speaking of complex, you can now get a large bottle of my B-complex capsules for the price of a small bottle with free shipping if you order by midnight tonight. The following day. No. Really. What did you think about this report, Joyless? Well, first of all, Whoopi, that region overwhelmingly voted for 45. So they deserve what happened. And it figures that a right-wing YouTube channel would send a dog rather than a real journalist to cover the story. Whoopi, I have no idea what this long-haired man is talking about. As a non-human journalist... And as a co-creator of this so-called right-wing YouTube channel, I must protest most vociferously against his maligning my friend and fellow journalist. I admit, Aaliyah is new at this and may not be as wordy as I am, but she described the situation with 100% accuracy. There was clearly a cloud hanging over the wreckage of that train, and it was as black as your ex-boyfriend's painted-on face. Kill! I hate you! I hate you! I hate you! I hate you! Maybe sending Aaliyah out on such a big assignment at such a young age wasn't the best idea. Well, Max was in New York to do the skew. Fritzy was recording more commercials in L.A., and everybody else was busy. Well, Fritzy is back now. We can have her do the evening report. Welcome to the CCW Evening Report. I'm Fritzina Fluffybottom. Tonight, we report on the train derailment in Ohio. Just like Aaliyah said, there is a big, big, big black cloud over the train wreck, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's killing off the Eagles, the Blue Jays, the Orioles, the Cardinals, and all the other sports teams. Plus, all of the fishies are dying in the really pretty rainbow spills they made in the rivers and lakes, and this is so sad. I love fish, but the nice lady said we should not eat any bluegill, bullfins, bass, carp, crappy chicklets, catfish, tilapia, trout, koi, gars, oscar, shiner, salmon, sunfish, walleye, perch, paku, pickerels, headfish, nightfish, bluefish, platefish, forkfish, cupfish, pop. Tonight on Counterculture Wise, we're going to start off with the third in our three-part series with Narish Visa talking about the Ooga Booga Bug. Ooga Booga! We'll also tell you about our recent trip to the Alamo and maybe a few nightmarish stories about our trip home, <laughs> which literally got our batox in our chairs. Oh, what 
10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, folks, enjoy. Welcome to Counterculture Wise, a Stormcap production. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts, our guests, and the dog, and do not necessarily reflect the views of any of our platforms, our advertisers, or any other dog. As you listen today, please remember, we are so much more than a podcast. All of our stories we discuss are linked in our show notes on counterculturewise.com. Visit there for commentary, guest photos and links, animations, and fun merchandise. If you have a story idea or would like to be a guest on our show, contact us via our website. You can also follow us on Twitter, Gab, Instagram, Facebook, and all over social media, where we'll post memes, cat pics, and commentary that gets us booted off on a regular basis. If you're listening live, be sure to join our chat on Spreaker. If you're listening dead, please stop voting Democrat, but enjoy the show anyway. Your infant got COVID. I want to know what what you did, why you did what you did, based on everything we've talked about, how you treated that, because we are talking, you know, the love of your life, your child, your baby, your infant. You know, I, I'm I want to know right what now. drove your decisions, what you chose to do. I'm, I'm laughing because as we're two hours in and <laughs> I know my ship, let's put it that way. Yeah. I know what COVID is. I uh-huh. know what works, what doesn't work. I take well, an ultimate This is approach. the ultimate test. This I is know the, the highest numbers. level test right here. <laughs> this is like this the is easiest it. test I ever took. Okay. Um, and so I know my numbers. I mm-hmm. know how many uh, children under the age of 12, like I brought up earlier, have died in Florida during the years of 2020 and 2021 alone. It's in the teens, which is minimal. And this is where uh, you put the money on the table. This is where you, this is where you put the money on the table. So I know that I knew my child, he was only, uh, seven months old. He had no core morbidities because he goes in for his monthly checkups or whatever. Mm -hmm. No core core morbidities. So perfectly and healthy child. Perfectly healthy child. Infant, basically. Infant, infant. And we thought, because he's had ear infection problems for months. Which is very common. Very which common. Which is for, very for common, children. especially when you have an older sibling. So he has an older sibling who goes mm-hmm. to school and brings home all sorts of viruses. Okay, now I want to get this out of the way. Was race ever a consideration at all? race for what your child i mean people are trying to say that this virus is racist they're trying to say that treatments are racist did that ever enter your mind 
no, I don't even know. I don't even understand the question. Like, I don't know. You know what? I just love you so much that that's your response. <laughs> I just love you so much for that. Okay. So let the man finish already. I just wanted to put that out there because people will actually say, oh, well, you'll let the man finish. finish. He's got and a life to lead. No, he's got you're dinner a to eat. Father, <laughs> you have a beautiful, beautiful child, seven months old, an infant, a baby. So I think it's an errand. Love of your life. Okay. I think it it's an ear infection. With COVID. I immediately, well, I don't know it. I think it's an ear infection. I immediately. Okay. Oh, you think it's an ear infection? It could be because I think it's an ear infection. Okay. Because he definitely had a fever. So I said, oh, darn it, it's that ear infection. We had already taken him to a pediatric ENT, and that guy said, I'm not operating. He great, highly. Th this is what I mean by you need to find the the physicians and the doctors who can actually think. Yeah. Most most doctors, pediatric ENTs would have. I would have taken my son in and they would have said, oh, yeah, let me operate. Why would they say that? Because that's money, that's money, a, money. There you go. Money. And this guy comes in and this, this guy says straight up, look, I could make a lot more money by saying, let me just go ahead and operate on both. We took both of our kids in for issues. What said, operation would they do for an ear infection? They do, they do what are called tubes in the ears. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do tubes. I thought I thought that was like ancient. I thought it was like 1980s. No, 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 I thought no. we were past that. They do it. They still do tonsillectomies, oh adenoids, God. tubes, all that. And we thought, okay, we're probably, both kids are going to have to get some of those. And this guy, in fact, this physician, when my older one was only a few weeks old, he he performed a, a procedure on on the older son. And in February 2020, end of February 2020, he said something which I immediately I was like, this guy's a thinker. Like just talking to him, I was like, he's a thinker. He's like. He even said straight up, you know, I don't read those or he, he said, I do read those dusty journals, the, you know, whatever. I want my doctors to read the dusty journals and I also want them to read everything else that's published. Exactly. Exactly. So he said, yeah, I read all that, but, but he basically takes a holistic approach. And with the yes. older son, we went in and we were chit chatting, just talking, whatever he, the procedure was done. And I was like, this guy's a thinker. And then he said something which scared me. And he said, look, he said, the world is about to shut down. And uh, there's this really, really bad virus. And it's really bad. And and I was like, this was dude, before all the news. This was before all the news. Oh. And 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 I I was I was actually because I thought oh this is just another Zika or whatever you know the media blows it out of proportion swine flu, like, yeah 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 swine flu so like, he knew it, this was coming the world's so, gonna so shut down so this guy this guy was like i just sold all my stocks and and the this is gonna get really bad and i got scared like like i i read at some headlines and i was like oh yeah another one of these virus and when he told me because i was like this guy's a thinker i then i got scared i was like whoa like like, do I take his word for it or is he exaggerating? And then 12 days later was the first, the NBA canceled its season 12 days later. And I was like, whoa, like maybe he's going to be right. And then, you know, we, we know what happened. So anyway, I bring this up because we go back to, to my younger son who's, he's born, he's getting these ear infections. We take him in same ENT. It says, I'm not operating on him, you know, just do these three or four things and he should be good and it all worked and so anyway he gets a fever uh he gets a fever about a month ago and i'm thinking damn it he got another ear infection like maybe he is gonna have to get tubes after all 
So I immediately booked an appointment to put him on an antibiotic to go see the pediatrician. So I go take him there. And my dad was visiting, grandfather, to, to my child. He, he was like, you know, let me just come with you. I'll just, I got nothing else to do. So we go. And I'm thinking, the, I hate to say this, but the, the pediatricians, most of them who we've dealt with, they're the people who just follow, you know, some, yeah. some book. They don't really. Same old protocol. Same yeah. old protocol, you know. And, and, and so the pediatrician comes in and is like, what, your ENT said not to get tubes and this and that. You know, I should refer you to, I said, sorry, ma'am, like we're going with him and we're very comfortable with him. And she was like, I'm positive it's going to be an ear infection. Well, she checks his ear and she's like, whoa, you know what? His ears are clear. Like I'm looking there. There's no ear infection. And and so she said, do you want us? This is like the guy who goes in for a cold and they end up amputating his arm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so no ear infection. No ear infection. So I was so happy. I'm like, thank God. Ear infections are the worst. I don't want. I don't want him to get those tubes. Yeah, they're the worst. So so I'm like, okay, done. We could leave right here. But I say, you know what? We're here. Let's get our money's worth. She said I could run a flu swab, a flu test, and a COVID test. I said, sure, why not? Because I took him in once. He had so a vaccine. Remind me again, vi- what year was this? Oh, this was just last month. Oh, okay. So this was recent. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, well, I can just, you know, I don't know, maybe check check him for COVID, so, whatever. I said, I said, yeah, just okay. just just for whatever. Let's let's check. Okay. So she comes back. And she she says, hey, your your child has COVID. And she was like very, if you want to call the metal, you know, very empathetic. Like you're <gasps> and so she like comes in. Oh, do you understand that the severity? <laughs> and okay. she obviously doesn't know who she's talking to. Yeah. And so I say, Oh, really? Okay, that's cool. All right, well, we can go then. And natural immunity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she she was very surprised, and she was like, "Do you have any questions for me?" And I said, "I mean, I'm gonna try to lower his fever with Tylenol and give him his gas drops, just like we've been doing for the past since really he was born. I mean, we've been anytime he gets a fever, we do the same thing over and over again." And I told her, and she was very like, you know, most times I tell parents, and they like break down sobbing, and they they're scared and this and that, and just I'm like. like- so it's and like, like they, they, and I told her, I said, told you that your child has leukemia, right? It, it's like, no, <laughs> it's the flu. Let, yeah. <laughs> the propaganda flu. Definitely not, I, I said, ma'am, I said, ma'am, did you know that only 19 kids in the state of Florida passed from COVID in the years 20 and 2021 alone? She, she didn't know that. Oh, really? Oh, 19 kids. I said, yeah, it's probably Wait, more than so that. Your now. nurse, your practitioner didn't know. Not even a nurse, just a pediatrician. This is a full flight. The doctor didn't know the facts. See, that's terrifying. It's it's absolutely terrifying. And she was trying to get me to switch ENTs too. And after that, I said, hell no, I'm not switching ENTs. She, because she, oh, I'm worried your child's going to go deaf and, you know, all this stuff with you. Yeah. So anyway. I know she just hit folks. Reported case of anybody at all ever under any circumstances going deaf because of COVID. No, 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 not COVID, the ear infection. Oh, but yeah. your child didn't have an ear infection. He didn't. 
he didn't, but she was still, oh, you know, you, I need to refer you to someone else, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I told her, I said, ma'am, do you know how many, you know, only 19 people died? This is pe- children under 12. I'm, I can look up the statistics for children under two, maybe, and find, you know, a, only a fraction of that. Statistically zero, yeah. So so that yeah, basically I was like, oh, okay, cool. Okay, like, great. Let's just go thank home. Thank you and so much. My kid's thank fine. You, thank, thank you, you. so much. Yeah. And, and like what a 20 hours later, gone. No fever, everything gone. Just back to normal, just exactly as I expected. So no it. ivermectin, no ventilator, no resveter, whatever in the hell. None of the stuff you just <laughs> took And your beautiful, darling, amazing child is fine. It was it was like nothing happened. Despite the doctor. <laughs> I'm sorry. Despite the doctor. <laughs> that's a, that's beautiful, guys. That, that's that's beautiful. That is a really good place to end. This. Well, I'm 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 really happy because I took my dad with me, and my dad was just sitting down. And my dad, like, he respects me a lot, so he like was seeing me in my in my mode. And uh, he like we got in the car after, and he just thought it was he thought it was funny. When and... you know more than the doctors do, I, I have been in that exact position where I'll come in and I'll ask a question. The doctor doesn't have a clue, and I'm like, "Well, <laughs> here's all the things, you know." Um, I think that's the lesson we should take away from this: is those who belittle us. Because that's actually become kind of a meme. Those of us who do our own research, they're actually frowning on us. They're actually saying that's a bad thing. And it's like, why? Why? Because they're not going to do it for us. They're not going to do the research. And if we come in armed and ready with that, they have to look at it. They have to. And you but, know what? I'm like okay with propaganda. being wrong. If your the... doctor would have said, oh, well, here's the statistics and here's the thing and here's the, you know, the information and, you know, you know, here, here's all the other counter arguments, you would have listened. Of course you I would have listened. Would've. That's your child. Of course you would have. But they didn't. They don't have that. But here's the propaganda around this. I had people calling me uh, once if I told after I told them that, oh, you know, my youngest child got COVID and they called me and they were, you know, oh, my God, you must have been so afraid as a parent. Like, that's scary. Like, that is terrifying, this and that. And again, yeah. it's because that's what they see on the news. Yeah. That's right. what they see on social media. But if but they obviously didn't see the statistics. Right. And, and so it was. It was literally for for nobody in our family, even my own parents, because I had briefed them so much. Everyone was like, oh, okay. Thank God it wasn't another ear infection. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if we get anything out of this, it's that, uh, well, the old, if it bleeds, it leads, right? So what we're seeing in mainstream media is fear porn. And while COVID is real and and people did die of it, it wasn't the absolute spectacle that they tried to create it. It was more about power. It was more about, you know, I'm not going to go too deep into it because I think we said everything that, that could be said. You kept a level head. You knew 
you had the facts, you did your own research, so you knew not to panic. Let's not underestimate the power of knowledge and being able to recognize. Imagine if you had no idea and you panic and you freaked out, the outcome would have been the same. Your your child was fine. But your level of emotion would have affected how quickly your child recovered. And we have to think about that. If if your kid, and I know this from firsthand experience, your kid goes into the doctor and they say, oh, he's got COVID. And you're like, oh my God! You know, the kid's going to freak out too, right? And what are the chances that the kid's not going to do as well because the kid's at that level of freak but out? Look, this was, Whereas you went in, you're like, oh, it's COVID. Cool. This is a good Great. point. And I did an entire podcast episode on this when at the height of the pandemic, we saw when, co- when this SARS-2 virus hit, We saw people going crazy at the grocery stores, Mm -hmm. hoarding toilet paper, punching each other in the face, and their children are watching. Why toilet paper? COVID had nothing to do with that end of the body. Why are we hoarding toilet paper? But the point is, during a quote-unquote crisis or manufactured crisis, is this what you want your children seeing? Like, this is how you're going to behave? This exactly. is what they're going to take away. They're watching you fighting with other people over toilet paper. Over toilet paper. Over yeah. toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Okay. Toilet paper is very important, but there are way there are better ways to handle this. It better is very ways. important. Thank and you. It wasn't just it is very important. <laughs> it wasn't just toilet paper. It was there yeah. were all sorts of fights happening and groceries, yeah. the social distance. Oh, you're three feet away from me. The yeah. rule is nine feet. You're too close. Or, or, Get away. My favorite are the cops in in Australia and, you know, all over Europe that would wrestle you to the ground because you weren't wearing a mask. And it's like, how is this physical altercation protecting you from me? I love educating those people on... On, I, I I haven't done it yet, but my friend did it because he's gotten COVID multiple times. This was, again, like at the peak of the pandemic. He got COVID, like, I think twice. And at the airport, a security guy came over and said, sir, you have to wear a mask. And he and he told, he basically educated the officer and he said, do you know what will happen if I wear a mask? Do you want to deal with the consequences of me wearing a mask? Like, do you have any idea what kind of breathing issues I have? Do you have any idea? And he said, I, I've also been infected twice already. So this variant, I was just infected a few weeks ago. This variant, I'm immune to it. Like, do you even know what that means? Like, he basically made the security guard look like a fool, or it was a cop, maybe. Doesn't matter. Like They'll double fool. down. And, I mean, and, when and, I, when and I was said, at Trader Joe's, he said, give, and... me, give me a citation. He said, go, me a, go ahead and give me a citation, and I'll make you famous. And, and the cop yeah. let him go. The cop was like, wow. Hey, that sir, I, I just... I just was telling yeah, you to wear a mask. Yeah, because usually they'll double, triple, quadruple down. I was at Trader Joe's, and and I have respiratory issues. And, I, you know, I've already had COVID, so I have natural immunity. And they met me at the door, and they're like, you have to wear a mask. I'm like, I can't. They're like, okay, well, uh, you can't come in the store. I'm like, well, that's ridiculous because I'm not harming anybody. And, and they're totally freaked out, like completely freaked this out. This is what I mean by So my choices calls. were either I'm not allowed to enter the store, or if I do, I have to do this special cart that has a giant red flag on it, like I'm, you know, some sort of unclean scarlet like, letter. Where, where, you know, <laughs> ring a bell or whatever, so that people can avoid me because I'm so toxic. 
<laughs> even though I don't even have the freaking illness. I don't have it. But the mere fact that I exist and I'm not wearing your precious, precious face diaper, I have to, I have to, you know, put this red flag and whatnot. It's insane. People went absolutely insane. They went insane. And you got to wonder how many. They still They still still are. are. Yeah. We're in the middle of Texas. And there are still people every now and then, once in a blue moon, you'll see somebody wearing a mask. Just today. We were at the freaking tractor store. And there was a woman wearing a mask. It's like, what are you protecting yourself from, lady? What are you protecting yourself from? What tractor are you protecting yourself from? Yeah. It's what Fauci said early on. They just make you feel better. And so that's my alt middle approach. It's look, you want to wear a mask if it mentally makes you feel better. Be my guest. That's That's actually why I got the vaccine because I go to crowded places. I go to uh, luncheons, banquets, big like weddings, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So mentally, it's like, okay, just get the jab. It makes you feel better and it it doesn't feel better. It makes me feel better. But now that I got naturally infected, I said, I'm done. No more jabs, no more nothing. I'm I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore because. The, this bivalent, there have been too many issues with the stroke, with the myocarditis, with right. the uh, the lack of effectiveness. But you didn't get that one. You didn't get that I did. one. And I did they, get it. No, you, you got the J&J, you said. I did. I got the J&J, and I got the booster, and I got the Pfizer uh, bivalent vaccine because oh my J&J God, stopped. The, the J&J stopped manufacturing the vaccine because of the bad PR from the blood clotting. Uh, and because so many of the pharmacies and clinics weren't doing the contracts to get the J&J vaccines, they said it's just not profitable for us to continue with this development. They stopped. And I was really bummed. I was like, man, I had to really think about the Pfizer job. And I, of course, I already said I'm not getting Moderna. And so I, I did. I, I, I did. I, I got the Pfizer. But I said, that's it. I'm not doing it anymore. I got that bivalent. No more. I'm done. And and. Hopefully, you know, I'll, maybe I'll get my heart checked. Maybe I'll see how, how I would. I would keep a real close eye on that. Yeah. Well, in any case, uh, the last topic I wanted to talk about before signing off is okay. So we just like bashed up the scientists and Fauci and medical community. Like, has there been has there been a fallout? And the answer is yes. There there has been a fallout. And I, it's just I read starting. I, I read earlier that now. Uh, 50, half of all patients have lost trust in the healthcare system because of this whole yep. pandemic. I, um, I now we're seeing articles. There was an article in Newsweek. I highly recommend people look it up. It's called, It's Time for the Scientific Community to Admit We Were Wrong About COVID. Ooh. And it, yeah. And, and so they were wrong about the face mask. They were wrong about COVID zero. They were wrong about the whole aerosol, you know, contact playgrounds, all that stuff. They were wrong about the lockdowns. They were long, wrong about school closures. They were wrong about a one size fits all approach. Um, they were wrong about the vaccine mandates. We're now seeing the the government walk back on that and provide restitution. They were wrong about the vaccine effects and the risks associated with it. They're wrong about Moderna, wrong about, I can keep going. So basically they've been wrong about everything. Almost. I mean, they're right about COVID being real. Can I toss one more thing in the mix? Natural immunity. Is long (laughs) COVID real? I can't answer that. Um, Here's what I do know. Because again, I'm not, I, I go off what's published. Here's what I do know. 
I know that the people who have had complications after getting COVID are once again the people who are immunocompromised. I'm talking long, long term, right. long, long term complications. So would they have faced those complications with or without COVID? I guess I have, I have, I have, they probably would have, they probably would have. Yeah. But what That's I do know I is that too. again, I keep bringing up my cohort, healthy people under the age of 40. Yeah. I do know that. Um, Which we're were not. We're all, you know, old fogies. I'm I'm diabetic and I've had heart issues. Blah, 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 so on and so forth. So. He, right. He's even so, got crazy hair disease, so we got so it all. Is is long COVID a thing for young people under the age of forty? And just anecdotally speaking, this is you can can't look this up on Google or verify me, but anecdotally speaking, I know a lot of people who work on COVID patients as internists, as infectious disease people. No. You're I, young, I recommend not person, using Google COVID? because that's curated. I recommend yes. using yes. A, a different like a DuckDuckGo so yeah, or, yeah. or Brave yeah. or anything else because Google will censor it. Yeah. So so it's it's one of those things like, yeah, it it my brother got he's a young person under 40 and he was knocked out for three weeks when he got COVID. And even after it was gone and he was healthy enough to go to work and drive and whatever he still had months and months of after effects. Now, is that long COVID? I wouldn't say like long COVID to me, I mean, really the definition is like over the long, like for the rest of your life, you know, for yeah. over many, many years. And so I'm what I'm hearing, I'm not what I'm hearing is that the people who are coming back, who got COVID, who had all the damage, the lung damage and the other, da- the other types of damage that you can get from the respiratory virus, um, they're coming back in. And they already, these are like cancer, these people already had cancer, like when they had COVID or they already had some issue or, or they had, or, or they had an issue pop up later. were damaged by the treatment, by the, the wrong treatment? Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to give a definitive answer. I told you I'm open. I'm an So open. we don't know. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where I'm at right now, too, is I, I'm not buying it but not because I, I disbelieve it, but because I don't know. Well, here's why I got the vaccine. This this goes back to this. I got the vaccine solely because I am a, I do take care of my children and I can't afford to take like my brother did. I can't afford to take three weeks off from work and from my kids. Like our family can't afford, like we can't do that. That's I, just I understand that. I understand <laughs> and so and so I timed it. I got the J&J. I got the booster. Uh, I t- And like I said, I go to like really, really crowded places and events. So uh, I timed it and that's why I got it. But hey, I also knew, hey, I'm going to have a date with COVID one of these days. And I'd rather have that date with COVID being vaxxed and protected where it's just a, you know, a bad cold or maybe even asymptomatic. Now it wasn't. It ended up being a really bad cold. Not bad enough to where I couldn't like do. I didn't. It's not, I didn't give up anything. I still continued to live my daily life. I didn't, literally gave up nothing when I got COVID. Um, but I was like, I was like under the weather, let's put it that way. And so I'd much rather deal with it being vaxxed than being unvaxxed where, yes, I did have an anomaly, uh, a friend who was young, healthy, ended up in the hospital. My brother knocked out for three weeks. Uh, other people I know, young and healthy, couldn't smell for two months or, or taste for two months. So that's why I said, I do know that the vac- the the shot works from that perspective of lessening the symptoms 
And I was very comfortable with the J&J vaccine. As far as you know, and, you know, I, I am not going to sit in judgment of anybody who makes those decisions, because at this point, we just don't know. We just don't. And I don't judge. It sounds either. like you that's did your why. research anyway. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. And that's all we ask is, you know, do your research. Talk to your physician, make your decision. Don't mandate it. Don't belittle look, us if you make a different decision. Who don't get vaccinated? I completely get it. You're thinking again. Look it up. There's a study out of Carnegie Mellon that found that people who don't get vaccinated, uh, they have a higher education level than those who just blindly go and get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So look at look up Carnegie Mellon's study on on anti-vaxxers or unvaccinated, and you'll see that. See, and uh, I resent that, that term. A large I am not an anti-vaxxer. Of, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I am not an anti-vaxxer. I never was. I never will be. I think that vaccinations, you know, smallpox and and you know several other diseases. Miracles, amazing, Absolutely. 100% back them, love it. We can cure polio. We can cure all these amazing things. I am not an anti-vaxxer. What they were, what they were trying to force me into, was not a vaccine. It's That's a where I draw the shot. line. I, I get it. I and and look, I respect that. You should question, like. Someone tells you, hey, if you need to get this jab, if you don't get it, I'm going to fire you from your job. Right. You should question it. A smart person would absolutely, okay, well, tell me a little bit more about it. Like, what's in it? Like, how is it made? Like, what is this? I'll be honest. Even if I 100% agreed with it, even if I was like, yeah, dude, I created this bitch. Even if I was the one who was on the the committee or or the, the, the scientist that created it, even if I were that person and they said it's now mandated or you will lose your job if you don't take this, I'd be like, um, no, <laughs> no. Look, and you that's know? why that study, that Carnegie Mellon study found that um, the high bulk of PhDs, the highest education level that was questioning the vaccine was PhDs. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because you're essentially trained to question everything. Yes. And yep. I would have, I actually would have pursued, I don't have a PhD, I have a master's degree, but I was I was heavily considering pursuing a PhD. So I think I have that type of mindset. Right. But, but the point well, here is- I respect that though. You're, I you're respect that more you're than somebody who blindly does it. Exactly. You're a fool to not, it doesn't matter whether it's this jab or I take my kid in and they say, hey, we're going to put him on this antibiotic or, hey, we recommend this surgery. Like you should ask questions. Right. You should try to find out, OK, what is this all about? And, and-, and I do that with everything. I mean, uh, this is going to sound silly compared to you know all the things we've been talking about. But uh, I was a veterinary assistant for many years and I, we had a cat that had a really bad cyst on his tail and he came home and it's like, okay, I kind of know how to treat this. I've seen this before. Took him to the vet. The vet said, oh, we need to amputate the tail. I'm like, no, we don't. The vet was going to cut off our cat's tail. Yeah. I took him home. I did all the things I knew how to do. He, it, what, what, five years later, 
perfectly healthy cat, perfectly healthy tail, no issues, no problems. If I had just demurred and said, oh, well, you're the expert, you're the vet, you know everything, you know, our cat wouldn't have a tail. You know, who knows if he would have even lived. The thing is, I did my research. I looked on my past history. I looked, you know, I looked at the cat himself. You got to do that for yourself. And I think people aren't doing this. And thank God, Narish, thank God you did this for your own child. You look at the history. You look at the research. You look at what's out there. And then with your physician, you make a decision. And you may not agree. And that's okay. The thing is, for some reason, they're trying to say that doing your own research is bad. How is that bad? No. I, I've heard that in the in. mainstream. I've heard that in the mainstream and they shame you by saying, "Oh, right. you, you know more than the you know more than Fauci, you know more than the scientists." Like damn straight PhD? I do. You where's know why? Your because MD? Fauci has tunnel vision and and most of that is money from China, okay? So, if I'm going to look at all the other things and then decide, yeah, I do know more than Fauci. I do. Because I'm willing to know more than Fauci. <laughs> well, the last thing I'm going to say before we sign off is the, you know, what's the, we, we talked a lot about Fauci and the medical community and, and how wrong everyone was. And is there a fallout? And my prediction was I that am, there would I, be. I am curious about that. Has there been a fallout and is more coming? So I already brought up the that now half of all patients are questioning their just the the medical establishment the science right. not just patients just the country mm-hmm. and it's largely because i listed all the things that they were wrong about and when you're just wrong 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 and then you go through personal situations see me personally i i i had to go through some surgeries as a young adult that I wouldn't have had to go through if I was just simply diagnosed as a four-year-old. And I was very upset. And and I've talked to doctors who I respect about this, and they tell me, you know, this is how the industry is. This is how the establishment operates. Like, yeah, okay, it's That sucks, could be a whole other show. I'm really curious about that. It it, it can. And, and so I think we see the data where uh, medical lawsuits are up in 2021. Yeah. I was going to ask about sorry, that. Do you think there's going to be a whole bunch of lawsuits related to this? Well, well, the the big pharma has protected itself, so you you can't sue yeah. them. Yeah. Because and nobody of, questions the, the that. Show. Nobody questions that. Why and, would you protect yourself like that if you believed you were right? Exactly, and and that was a huge thing that like it says that point blank when you go get your jab, it says you sign a paper and it says like you, you cannot you're sign well, if you sign this paper you cannot sue Pfizer, or Moderna, mm-hmm. or J and J or any of these people. So uh, in any case, um, lost medical lawsuits uh, in in 2021 and in 2022 up compared to previous years. Now is that because there's more care that's being performed? Who knows? Is that because of a lack of trust? Who knows? It, it could be anything. But the lawsuits are up. Maybe people are less afraid. Maybe they're less afraid and they're I like, hope so. I'm gonna, who knows? But then, unfortunately, there are some bad things that have happened. So in Oklahoma, for example, a doctor screwed up on his patient 
and ignored the patient after he screwed up. His office ignored the patient. And what did the patient do? He went in and shot up the entire place and include, yeah. including the doctor, shot him dead. Uh, there's a Vanderbilt case, and I have a family member who attended Vanderbilt. So Vanderbilt, what happened was a nurse, long story short, a nurse screwed up on the medication to give a patient because she she um, gave the patient a medication that sounded like what the doctor told her to give the patient, but it was a completely different medication that ended up uh, killing the patient, and the patient died. And so this went to the this went to court. It went to trial, and she was immediately fired. She lost her license. All that was done, and this is where I support her, and I support the medical industry, and I think this sets a bad precedent, but it tells you where we are as a society and where the medical establishment is. You support her. I support support her in the sense of she was fired, she had her license stripped, she was stripped, she was already, uh, yeah, she she, she had her license stripped, and this was not intentional, obviously. She gave the like this So this was a human error. This was a human hair, and, and, and she lost Johns everything. Hopkins found that nearly 200,000 people die every year because of medical error. This is right. one of those errors. Right. This is one of those errors. And, okay? and it's not like it's intentional. And, I mean, and it, it's unfortunate. It's not. It's not intentional. In the university, also, there was already a settlement reached with the patient's family who passed. There was already a big, you know, seven-figure, maybe eight-figure settlement reached. You can and look they it up. Still I ruined think. her. And what happened was, the state got involved and basically said, "We want to make an example of this." Right. And they prosecuted. Naturally. They prosecuted her, and she was found guilty of some definitely guilty of manslaughter. She was criminally charged, and she was thrown behind bars for uh, I, I think the next. Oh, for following what her boss told her to do. But she did it incorrectly. She she the boss told her to give a medication. She gave a different medication that sounded like the medication that her boss told her. So let's say, for example, like the boss says, "Hey, give ivermectin," and she gives like iver some iver septic instead because pectin or yeah yeah I, yeah yeah <laughs> ifrotectin yeah okay. Um, and, so and, why and, hasn't the doctor been sued because nobody can read his freaking handwriting? So <laughs> apparently he did not write it. He told her orally. Oh. Yeah. So and, burdens and, on him still. It's still on him. Look, regardless. What happened to the doctor? Look, regardless, there's there's something called qualified immunity that police officers have that that generally these cases they don't become criminal cases it's like okay you sue that it's, it's our whole entire industry of like me- medical mouth you sue the the practice you sue vanderbilt you sue the hospital and you get a huge sum a huge settlement that's how this, this one works. bucked precedence because this bucked hurt. precedent because now for the first time they already did all that the yeah. settlement the family was like okay we're fine like we're moving on from this we moved on but the state Somebody whistle they they a whistleblower contacted the state. I don't know all the politics behind it. They contacted the state and the the state prosecuted the the nurse. 
So she wasn't, she didn't have this qualified immunity of like, oh, I work for my employer. My employer should be at fault or immediately, like I said, she was immediately fired. Her medical license was stripped. She can't ever work in healthcare again. That's terrifying. This is my ultimate. Because basically what they're saying is if you don't follow the instructions of your boss, who supposedly has higher credentials than you and knows better than you, if you don't follow that, even if you misinterpret it, because that that's on him. That's not even what they're saying. They're saying if you screw up, you're gonna get thrown in prison. That's what they're saying. If you screw up, you're thrown in prison. And and how do you define that? How do we know for sure that that wasn't the best? She admitted. She admitted. She admitted that she oh. that oh, okay. doctor told her one thing. And she, what she did was she went into her computer, typed in the first few letters of that medication, and it turned out what the doctor told her, it had like two or three different names for that medication. Wow. And in the computer system, it only had one of those two names or one of those three names. Okay. So, so she, in just her, went, okay. she just went off. Devil's advocate, I would say I would have gone back and said, okay, which one is it? Yeah, look, I, I get that, but this is this is not a criminal offense. No, there was no <laughs> intent there at all. I, 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 I she should have absolutely, and that's why she had her license stripped. Yeah, she had, it fall. I get that. Uh, yeah, the, the family got a huge settlement from Vanderbilt, and this was settled outside of court. Like this, it was taken care of, and now. It could be the fallout from COVID. It could be something else. I don't know. But you're now setting the precedent that if you're a nurse or a doctor or a pharmacist or whoever, and you screw up, okay, all that protocol that's been done in the past of getting fired, getting your license stripped, and paying off the the family, now it's it's like on top of that, you're going to get thrown in prison. So what is that going to do? What has that done in the police industry? It's it's okay. Well, I'm just not going to become a cop. And right. and now and now we get thugs who don't give a crap who are you know beating the daylights out of people and and that's a big deal. Uh, we're going to get doctors that are subpar. We're going to get uh, yeah. It, it, it the dominoes are falling. They're falling. So. Her name was Redonda Vaught. She was a nurse at Vanderbilt. She was convicted of two felonies for a fatal oh, drug error. Jeez, that's horrible. Whose trial became a rallying cry for healthcare workers fearful of the criminalization of medical mistakes. And and then we're going to start complaining about how we don't have access to healthcare because nobody wants to do it. Well, there's good news. Initially, she was sentenced to prison, but uh, later it says she gets no jail time. Instead, three years supervised probation. So that's at least a, a little bit better. But at the same time, she's now a convicted felon. Yeah. Um, and so she'll never work again. <laughs> well, not in that field anyway. Mm, period. Exactly. So uh, I, I said that stuff like you would see stuff like this even before the pandemic. It mm -hmm. was only a matter of time until we saw more lawsuits, until, you know, Oklahoma patient going in, shooting up the entire floor of, of surgeons and PAs and nurses and it's gonna uh, get worse. prosecution. It, it's going to get worse. 
there are some pluses to this in the sense that, look, many times patients do get screwed, but the way to, to handle it is not to go shoot up a floor. No, um. <laughs> no I do not condone that. Disavow, disavow, disavow. Yeah. So on that note, I've got to run. We've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Marish, you, you guys, are you uh, are one of our favorite guests because you're like, okay, I've got 60 minutes. Let's get this done. And two hours later, like, no, seriously, I'm I'm done now. Almost three hours, <laughs> actually. You are amazing. You you have so much information. Uh, we might have to chop this up a little bit. Yeah, uh, probably chopping so it much. We still have two more interviews we need to do on different topics, but this was a lot of fun. You're very knowledgeable. God bless you. We will pray for you and your family. Children. Absolutely. Um, may you be incredibly successful, and we will talk to you again very, very soon. I greatly appreciate it. And like I said, to start this, many people are probably offended, angry at, at what they heard. This was very... Yeah, I don't care. Somatic. Maybe you know, a few eyes were offended, open, Good, because maybe, that maybe makes some you eyes think. Will be opened at yeah. the same time. Just think. Just think, just think about one why person, you're offended. Yeah. One person. And we're, uh, yeah, we're if one perfect. person, one single person uh, recognizes what we're talking about today, and, and one single person has their mind swayed, it was worth it. Maurice, you're, you're an amazing human being. Thank you so much <laughs> for being so patient and being on for so long. And... <laughs> We'll probably be running this next week because I'm not going to be able to edit that uh, this week because we've gone for Take your time. Well, Take hours. your time. Yeah. yeah Thank and, you, uh, guys. Yeah. Uh, also, probably not going to be on YouTube, but we're going to put it everywhere else. Uh, and uh, once again, let everybody know where they can find you and how they can follow you. And then we really will let you go. And oh, go by the way, you still owe me that autographed book. Oh yes, yeah. I sent you the audiobook, I think. Um, but no, I'll, I want I'll... the autographed hard copy because I'm really selfish that way. I will. I, I will get it over to NareshVisla.com. <laughs> get on my mailing list. Check out all my books on Amazon. Just type in my name, Nareesh Visla, and N A R E S H V I S S A dot com. Give them all the rest. Yep. And Amazon, just type in Naresh Visa. And thank you guys so much. And we'll be in touch. All right. Take care, pal. We will. All links will be on our website, counterculturewise.com. We will have Naresh back on again and have an amazing evening. Thank you. Give your children a kiss for us, will you? Absolutely. We'll do it first thing in the morning. Yeah, I get it. Your parents were jerks and you're traumatized. But that doesn't mean you should use your lousy childhood as an excuse to be a lousy adult. Stop being such a whiner and get past your past already. Bye, get over it and get started. The book by Melanie Hope that will get you out of your self-imposed failure and on the road to greatness. Available in paperback, Kindle, and Nook. In a land filled with deception, corruption, and the slow but steady erosion of constitutional freedom, one jackass, uh, Democrat, stands head and shoulders above the rest. Coming soon to a state near you, Robert Francis O'Rourke is the Mexican. That's Beto. I mean, uh, <clears throat> that's Beto to you, senor. 
He is unafraid to show his true colors, whatever they are at a given moment. For too many years, rich white men have run this country. Vote for me, and I promise I will... Now, wait a dang minute. Ain't you a rich white man? Uh, <clears throat> You must have mistaken me with some gringo, senor. Unafraid to tackle the numbers, even when they don't add up. Well, Max, if we do not change our consumerist, wasteful habits, life as we know it will come to an end in ten years. But, good sir, this timeline is being debunked by the very scientists who believe in climate change. Well, uh... <clears throat> Are you saying I am telling a lie? That is very racist of you. Unafraid to tackle you. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15s and AK-47s. But, sir, how are you going to confiscate millions of firearms without due process and without straining government resources? Well, uh, Trump's border policy is tearing families apart and white people like you think it's all right. Shame on you, gringo. Fear has a new name, and so does Robert Francis O'Rourke, the Mexican, coming soon to a Democratic debate near you. Leaders, listen up. Do you feel like you can't get a dang thing done because of all the namsy-pamsy crybabies that want you to coddle their creativity? When you give orders, are you met with vacant stares only rivaled by a cocker spaniel? It's not them. It's you. You need to shape up or they'll ship you out. Read the Sniper's Guide to Leadership and you'll become a more effective leader, communicator, and motivator. Forget smart goals and learn swift goals. Get the Sniper's Guide to Leadership in paperback, Kindle, and Nook. Today! This show is brought to you in part by Pelosi Gourmet Ice Cream. Pelosi Ice Cream is as yummy as being third in line for the presidency and as cold as one of Nancy's glares. Try all the great flavors in our lineup. Left-wing lime, power-mad praline, loose denture licorice, vodka on the rocky road, bad orange man sherbet, blowout berry, and our brand new taste combo sensation, in peach mint. Whether you store it in your $25,000 freezer or lug it in your cooler as you walk aimlessly down Lombard Street while trying to avoid human feces, you'll love Pelosi Gourmet Ice Cream, available at an overpriced upscale grocery store near you. Traveling shouldn't be a bore. It should be a chore. And at Dispirited Airlines, we will give you a fully modern flying experience that even the TSA envies. To keep our super low fares in the gutter, you can fully customize your experience by paying for endless extras. Carry on? No problem. We charge by the ounce for our convenience. Checked bags? No problem. <laughs> we don't check anything. Seat? You can't fly without one or the fee that comes with it. Air masks? Window shades? Vents? All yours for the asking and a low fee just below your ticket price. Pillow? Peanuts or water? 
1950 called and wants its expectations back. You won't find such nonsense on Dispirited. We are a modern airline. As soon as you clean up after the previous occupant, you'll enjoy all the modern conveniences of a storage pocket and, on flights over two hours, a free reading light. Upgrade to our super deluxe seating package that includes cushions and armrests and is even bolted to the fuselage for your added safety. Another hallmark of our airline is our truly unique approach to customer service, meaning we don't offer any. At Dispirited, we treat you just like family. Get a truly 21st century family experience from our dour, ticked off, overworked and underpaid flight attendants, counter agents and flight crews. We might even start arguing with you and asking about your failed marriage, your dead end job or your weight. Just to remind you why you have to fly Dispirited in the first place, you cheap loser. For a travel experience you'll never forget, although Lord knows you will try, call us today at 1-800-DISPIRITED or book online at pleaseforthelovofgoddon'tcancelmyflightagain.com. Dispirited Airlines, third world service with first world fees. everybody. This is Fritzina Fluffybottom. Did you know that we have a subscribe star? We do! There are lots of fabulous extra things on there that you can't get anywhere else, like outtakes, new books, and extra videos. And you can sign up for as little as one dollar. Our entire show is funded by you, our loyal viewers. Please make sure you sign up today so that mommy and daddy can get me shiny new bells for my collar, extra feathery toys, yummy crumbly cat food bowls made just for kitty cats, more cow pillows for my couch, name brand albacore tuna, my own pink goodness. Well, let me just tell you that we had one heck of a drive home tonight. Our three-hour drive took <laughs> eight hours, which is why you got the interview first. Here at CounterCulture-wise, we don't want to be too late, so we went ahead and set that up, got that out, so that we could do all the other things in the background while you were enjoying that amazing interview. Uh, remember that video will be up everywhere except ScrewTube because they hate our guts. And, of course, on our website, all links, everything he said will be provided at counterculturewise.com. We also encourage you to visit one of his websites and check out his info there, Absolutely. Too. Get his books, buy his crap. You know the drill. Well, I didn't get to say this at the very beginning. I am your hostess with the mostest, Ms. Melanie Hope. And in front of me is my co-host, my best friend, my 10-year husband. And you know what? Even though he's a complete spaz, he's still my sweet baboo, Mr. James Monis. It has been a great honor and glorious privilege to serve as your spaz boo for the last 10 years. <laughs> He's been my spaz boo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so we decided for our honeymoon, slash 10 year anniversary, since we never actually got a honeymoon, that we were going to go to the Riverwalk in San Antonio. And do all the touristy things. We did the boat. We did the Alamo. We did the... 
baton death march to, to the, the tower of the Americas. Tower of the stupid Americas, where you can't see a blasted damn thing. <laughs> I mean, okay, growing up 20 miles south of Seattle, I've been up in the Space Needle several times, which is considerably shorter. Mm-hmm. And then moving to Las Vegas, which has the tallest tower in the United States, been up there and. The views are amazeballs. I'll also I mean, add in Prudential, ta- Prudential Tower in Boston, even though it's not a needle-type thing. I didn't get to go up in that, though, so yeah. I'm talking about the places we've been together. Oh, okay. And <clears throat> this was really... It was a letdown. It was meh. It was just all right. And, and what it took to get there. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare better, folks. Know your way around town. And um, for, for all that's holy, do not try to rent a scooter when you're desperate, tired, and infirm. So, yeah, there's... It was it was a nightmare just renting a, a, a scooter, and they didn't work, and it was, it was stupid. So I don't think we'll do the scooters again. They have them in Waco. The sit-down scooters were nice. Oh, okay. But... They were all low on batteries, though. Every stinking one. So the entire city, all scooters, low on battery. (laughs) It's because it was a a Saturday and we just... It was closer to the end of the day than the beginning. I guess they must collect them and charge them all and then scatter them throughout the city. I think that's how they do it. I really don't know. But enough about the bad part. Let's talk about the good parts. Melanie had been to San Antonio, oh gosh, five, six years ago, something like might that. Might even be. Well, it might even been longer because she was a... Might even be before we were married. No, 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 it was after we were married. Was so yeah, married. I'd say five or six years ago. And then we went together to the San Antonio Rodeo and Stock Show um, last year. <laughs> rodeo and Stock Show, Bodo Dio. <laughs> and... We saw the river, the river walk, and we both decided we'd come back and do it. And through a series of lucky events, we got a room at a beautiful hotel. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit of a drive from downtown well, San Antonio. Well, technically a timeshare, which is why our entire next episode will be dedicated to timeshare yeah. stories. We're, we're going to – I'm trying to collect – if you have a nightmare story about a timeshare, whether it was just having to sit through – a three-hour slog just to get a pair of concert tickets to some show you, you don't want to go. you still had to pay 50 bucks yeah. to use. And, or, or you just you couldn't get out of it. Or if Remember, you we're from Vegas, so we're very familiar with this. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the hotel is run by a different company. Max thinks it they, was a great idea, so he's actually yeah. been applying for jobs at timeshares. Uh, I know, I know. Right I tried to alley. talk him out. No, right up, the, right up that alley cat. That the guy we were talking to was mm-hmm. wearing a... A, a Marani suit and had. Um, oh yeah, he was the sh- Italian shoes. Yeah, and everything. he, he Max did, was all in. <laughs> yeah, he likes to he likes to dress nicely. Yes, he does. When he does when he isn't walking around naked in his orange suit. Well, but, I mean, yeah. if I could walk around naked in an orange suit, I'd be doing it. But anyway, it was it, <laughs> I, you know I wasn't really going to talk about the timeshare too much. It's a, it's a nice hotel. Then, uh, that's a whole episode. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole episode. So we do um, want your horror stories. We'll yeah, be collecting please. Those. Contact us through our website or message us. Counterculturewise.com. That would be the place. And while you're while you're there, buy us something. Buy some crap. Thank you. Donate. All right. And, well, a couple of things about the Alamo that really blew me away is, well, I mean, Melanie mentioned it first, but 
it is literally downtown in San Antonio. The, yeah, this gigantic like, metropolitan city built around this little 300-year-old fort. Wasn't expecting that at all. I mean, yeah. we, we were on the river walk. Do, 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 do. We had an amazing lunch at a fantastic Scottish slash English restaurant. Uh, uh, folks, if you have never had Scotch eggs, do you owe yourself that? And if you're, and I'll, I'll go ahead and put in a plug for them. Okay. If you're on the Riverwalk in San Antonio, please try Mad Dogs. Not they a own sponsor, several, but we take them in a heartbeat. Mad Dogs British Pub. Yeah, they were and fantastic. Was, the service was amazing. The food was incredible. And there was a, the lovely woman playing piano and singing oh like I God. hadn't heard. I mean, she belongs on stage in Vegas, yeah. which she has done apparently. She's she's played in Vegas. We're, so. we're working on getting her on here. Yeah. She was that good. Yeah, she was she was yeah. that good. Anyway, um, so we're on the Riverwalk, do 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 do, and we're like, hey, let's. Uh, I think I was looking for a purse or something. I'm yeah, like, let's go look at the shops up above. So, you know, we make the trek, the stairs, and all that stuff. And I look at and, and I say, uh, honey? Honey, uh, that's the, the Alamo. That's the Alamo. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and we're like, well, I'll be jiggered. That's and I, the Alamo. And, and this was twilight, so I took some, <sighs> I took some shots of the, out, shot. of the out. I'll be publishing. I've, I've decided to publish some of the photos on our website on countercoachwise.com. Well, yeah, both of us were trekking. I, I did not that day because I just wanted to enjoy the day and not have to worry about it. But for most of our trip when we're going to all the sightseeing places, yeah. we're both professional photographers, him more than me. And so yeah. we're both carrying around our, our gigantic DSLRs and extra lenses and filters and all kinds of crap. So, yeah. so he did get some amazing shots. And the following day, we, we had reservations to actually go inside. Now, you can go into the Alamo Church, the original Alamo, mm-hmm. for free. And it's not it, you can absolutely do that. I would recommend though there there's an add-on you can go there's a brand new exhibit it opened the day we went on on last Friday and it is a gigantic collection of artifacts many extremely, donated by one of my heroes. Yeah. Would you believe folks He's not only one of the best known and most beloved drummers and singers and singers and songwriters in the world. Phil Collins is also an Alamo expert and he has been collecting artifacts from the Alamo for literal decades. Yes, in, that Phil Collins. In 2014 he donated them to the state of Texas. And I mean we're talking papers and uh, inc- Incredible thing, guns, and weapons, arrowheads, arrowheads, just every, all this, all this stuff from the Alamo, things that belong to major, major uh, players in the Alamo story, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I mean his wasn't the only ones. There were a couple no, of no. other benefactors I mean, we got who to see you know. uh, the wedding dress of one of the women who was there. Um, mm-hmm. There were spent uh, cartridges. There were, I mean, just yeah. the <clears throat> you know actual quote, quote, Bowie knives, which weren't mm-hmm. really called that yet. <clears throat> right. Um, it just... a, Spanish, a Spanish army helmet, which was so amazing. So cool. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, 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 the, the, what are those called? Umlaut? Not umlauts. The M, what are those shoulder fuzzy Amulets, things? I think. It's not umlaut. Amulet? Is it, is it amulet? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. No, wait, that's not it either. No, that's amulet. But I know, we all know what word you're talking well, yeah, about. Yeah, I just can't think of it right now. The but it's, uh, it's... It was truly it. amazing. If, if our buddy Dave is listening in the future, we love you, man. We we miss you in chat because you always have the fact check going on. Dave is an escapee. 
He's on his way out of Washington State, on his way to the beautiful state of Idaho. And uh, we are working on getting him on as a guest so he can Again. talk about his great escape because, you know, we had our great escape. We, yeah, and we, uh, we he, uh, he went through quite an ordeal to get the heck out of Dodge, yeah. including his wife being a government employee who they were pressuring. Uh, she would lose to her pension, get El Jabo, everything. So uh, definitely going to have him on. So if you're listening in the future, Dave, because I know right now you're still packing, you have movers coming tomorrow. We love you. Stressful times. We, we pray miss for a, we pray for a safe and, <laughs> pray for and safe travel. Low stress move and low. Yeah, like there's such a thing. Uh, uh, that's why I'm praying for. Love it. the beautiful state of Idaho. I went camping there every 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 summer when my mom. And I uh, and my baby brother was a teenager. Every summer we went camping at at uh, <laughs> Coeur d'Alene. Loved it. It's a beautiful state. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. Okay. And um, I wish you many, many happy years there. So I, I know you're, you'll listen like on the of drive course. down. Of course. Because that's the kind of guy you are. You've been such a great, great, great friend and listener. Absolutely. And I just wanted to give you a shout out for that and to know that you're going to be on the show to talk about your great escape. Absolutely. Getting back to the Alamo, there's... So there was no great escape. <laughs> there was no great escape. The um, the exhibit also includes a full diorama of the Alamo area at mm-hmm. the time of the siege. And narrated. It's narrated by Phil Collins, and it, it was just... So detailed. I learned so much. Yeah. I learned more than I could retain in my, in my little bitty brain. Yeah. So one of the best things you can do when you visit another city is to visit their museums. And so that that is at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Go to the Alamo. You can go to the, the Tower of the Americas if you haven't been in like a needle kind of thing. That was not as impressive but it, as the Alamo and the bar. Yeah. We, we, the same night we first found the Alamo, we went, we were walking back to our car and we happened on a hard, a hard rock okay, cafe. Okay, second bar. <laughs> but we'll get we'll get to the third we'll one in a minute. Okay. We'll get to the third one in a minute. Don't mind us. We're just going from bar to bar. <laughs> yeah, we're just barring up. Yeah. Um, bar none. There, there was there was alcohol imbibed. There was just it was our anniversary, basically honeymoon slash yeah. anniversary, and so, I decided, you know what? If we're gonna drink, it's gonna be champagne all week. Which, which we I've had way too much of by now. Yes. The um, and now we don't have to ever have champagne again. I will do it again. Anyway, we, we on the way back, we stopped at Hard Rock Cafe just to use the restroom, and I'm out waiting for Melanie, and I'm talking to the, the doorman, and I that the at the very entrance, there's a guitar signed by all the members of the classic lineup of Aerosmith. And so we start talking about that, and then because it's not really busy, he shows me around, and then this afterwards, guy was so cute too. He was in love with his job. Absolutely, he was so enthusiastic, and he had so much information, and he was now, excited and bouncing around. And now there used to be a Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas, and there's about to be one again. They're transforming the Mirage into a Hard Rock Hotel, but so shaped like a guitar. And faceless. They're yeah. Just another casino. The the point is, there were a lot of similar things on exhibit there, but mm-hmm. here. He was able to go into great detail and tell us things that aren't inscribed on the plaques. Right. He showed us um, an outfit Elvis Presley wore. His chaps. His chaps. And he was so tiny. Yeah, he was a small man. He was, I had no idea he was so little. Yeah. 
And then he uh, he showed us one of Willie Nelson's guitars. He showed us a, and this this is the saddest one: the guitar played by Dimebag Daryl of, of Pantera on the night he got killed. That was wow. And uh, he and the photo right before it happened. Yeah, just like not not even an hour before he got killed, he was photographed with the same guitar. One of Eddie Van Halen's EVH guitars from Carvin. Which, Great story yeah. behind that one. So apparently as they were installing this, they had it at the front entrance mm-hmm. without the big glass thing over it. Right. It was, I mean, because there were a few other things up there, like the drum heads and whatnot. Right. And apparently some guy <laughs> just swiped it and ran off with it and then got scared and just dumped it in a random bush on the river walk. So can you imagine just derpty derpty der being on the river walk and, w- hey, is that Eddie Van Halen's guitar? And it was <laughs> autographed by Eddie, too. Like, so. literally autographed yeah. guitar. Eddie Van, I mean, and you know how iconic his guitar is. And, and a guy just dumped it in a bush. Yeah, it was a reproduction of one of his Frankensteins it, yeah. that he yeah, reproduction. Play. Yeah. So they were able to recover it, but I thought that was a hilarious story. It just yeah. some guy ran off with it and then chickened out and dumped it in a bush. Also, one of George Strait's acoustic guitars and Frank Beard from ZZ Top, one of his drum heads. Yeah. And so it was. It was just a lot. And he. Well, didn't he had we get st- one of our favorite Albino Brothers too? Yeah, Johnny Winter. Johnny Winter's guitar, yeah. which he apparently he. He was doing the tapping technique long before Eddie was. Apparently, he invented the yeah. the thing. Yeah. So and his guitar so specialized. Yeah. I mean, no frets, no um, turning thingies. What are those called? The tuning. You're, you're the guitar player. What are the turning things at the top? Yeah, it was just yeah. like this tuners. neck and then nothing. The because, tuners are underneath. Okay. I mean, you have to have tuners, so the a lot somehow of, yeah. I don't know that so it was a really like and really small, like yeah. just really like almost. Well, when you take was. away the headstock, it's gonna yeah. look, it's gonna look shorter. And it's and just, since it wasn't an acoustic, you didn't need you know any resonance. Right. But right. Yeah. I I gotta go back and listen to some of his stuff because I did not know he was. He actually did that. an album with Edgar. Now we saw Edgar. He was fantastic. Oh, loved Edgar. Edgar is one of my favorites. Um, like, but of all yeah. Time. So we, so we, we got I mean, an they education. They both play multiple instruments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was fun. And then the following day... No, we, wait, wait, wait. you got to talk about what happened like 10 minutes after that tour. So I don't remember what happened. We walked to our car, which is in a garage. Oh, yeah. About three blocks away. And it's, I'd say, 75, 80 Yeah, it's degrees, a very pleasant, warm, clear night. Day, yeah. clear night. Jim got a little red on his face from the sunshine. Lovely day, very relaxed, and we we're on the sixth floor of this this parking, parking garage. garage. Yeah. We we tried to find the cheapest ones. We're willing to walk three or four blocks away just so we're not paying thirty bucks. You know, we're paying ten bucks to park and <laughs> get to our car and get in and you know do the thing, go down the spiral and all that. Pay the nice Pay lady. The nice lady. <laughs> get to the edge of where the little bar thingy goes up and. All hell breaks loose. Like Satan tore the sky asunder, and there's this traffic jam, and we couldn't figure out what was going on. So all these cars are like jammed. They they're like sideways in the street. All these cars are trying to get into the garage at once. 
you know, people are running red lights. We're like, what in heaven's name is going on? And we're on a one-way street, so we can't turn right. We have to turn left, but that's where all the nonsense is going on. Right. So we finally see a break. We turn left, and somebody shoots the roof of our car. Like, I honest to God thought it was a bullet. <laughs> okay? And I scream, and of course Jim gets mad at me for screaming because, you know, why are you screaming, you crazy redhead? And then all of a sudden, so we're getting pegged by hail, frozen rocks, not quite the size of golf balls. I don't want to exaggerate, but bloody dang close to the size of golf balls. And I'm thinking it's going to break our windshield. It's going to cave in our car. I mean, I'm telling you, we are getting the whole street was white with giant boulders of, of hail and everybody's like clamoring to get into the garage that we just got out of and so we finally are able to turn the corner and you know people are freaking out and speeding and turning every which direction and, and I didn't know what to do so I'm like bus terminal boom and I pulled now, into the, before, the I should house. interrupt and say that she was driving the wrong way down the street for a moment only a little moment. bit only like you know a few, well I'm just saying I mean it was like we were freaking we were both freaking out and like, you're going the wrong way there wasn't anybody coming no no because everybody else was freaking out and going the wrong way too yeah. so, so I, we, we, we wanted to share the, that experience going the wrong way on a one way street but we got under the uh, cover of a Greyhound bus station and waited it out for the first cup you know it didn't take very long, about three or four minutes it was gone. the weirdest thing is it turned to, to like, torrential rain Mm -hmm. and just disappeared. Yep. But I thought for sure... And it was a hard rain all the way back to the hotel. Oh, yeah, it was a hard rain. It was like a 20-minute... It would normally be a 20-minute drive. We're from Seattle, so the the drive back was like, yeah, nothing. But everybody else, of course, was freaking out. They all had their hazard lights on. And you had the stereotypical Texas white white truck truck. driver. Yep. Just zipping in and out of We have a whole song that we sing about white truck drivers. It's hilarious. (laughs) But, um... So... Literally just... There was a three-minute difference between 75 and mm-hmm. warm and relaxing to getting... Uh, seriously, if you were a pedestrian, you probably would have been knocked unconscious. Yeah. I mean, those hailstones were so big. In fact, here's your dovetail. When we went to the museum the following day, mm-hmm. uh, we saw Buckshot. Mm-hmm. And we saw what was the name of that shot that was about the size of our hail? It was, yeah, it was. Um, it was next up from that, it was yeah, like it was a grape shot. Grape, grape shot, shot. That's it. Yeah, it was about the size of grape shot. Yeah, it was about so, the size of grape shot. So between between golf ball and grape shot, if you're familiar with uh, your your weapons, yeah. <laughs> it was between golf ball and grape shot were the so, size yeah, of these hailstones. So yeah, we, hail we um, then Saturday morning we went back out. We went to, well, first of all, we went to Devil Devil River um, Distillery, which has these craft whiskeys, and moly. we tried to, we, we each had a shot of the coffee bourbon. Now, and please understand, we got a late start. We went to brunch. Yeah. This yeah. is afternoon. So yes, we're not, I'm sorry. We're not, we're not, we're not quite that alky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we, we, I just want to make that we clear. had a delicious <laughs> Re- ho- uh, breakfast at the restaurant mm-hmm. at the hotel had amazing service by the lady everybody 
All the restaurants we went to, Mad Dog, Republic of we Texas. We only had one bad experience. Yeah, and that was on, the, and, and that, that wasn't, wasn't on the Riverwalk. That wasn't Walk. on the Riverwalk. So I'm not even going to worry. No, we're not going to mention Everywhere them. Everywhere we went, we had we're not, amazing stuff. Including, including the Italian restaurant today on the way yes. home. Yes. Oh my God. But the, uh, but yeah, we went in the afternoon. Right after that, it was like, well, we were thinking of going there anyway, so we went in. But then, we, like a block, we're just walking towards the Riverwalk. We don't know what we're doing for reals. Well, so what kind of whiskey we had. I just did. It was coffee bourbon. Coffee bourbon. It was Co- amazing. Yeah, co- it was really co- good really coffee good. bourbon, and we would have had more, but you know, we wanted to. We wanted we to, to be able to walk and talk. <laughs> yeah. So, a few about a block away, the oldest saloon in Texas, mm-hmm. the Buckshot, which opened in the eighteen hundreds, I mm-hmm. think, and is still around. It, it was. It was around when the Alamo was around. Yeah, and they. They have They're transformed it. or infamous, depending on, on how you look at it, for their antler collection. Yeah. They have transformed it into two museums, mm-hmm. in addition to still being a restaurant and bar. And bar. And it's still and got the original so, bar. Yeah. It's still got the antler collection. And then the largest collection of different species, yeah. including big game. Lots of animal heads. Lots. Okay, so... Just for the record, not a zoo, no live animals, but the I think there was like five hundred some odd. Yeah, there were there were hundreds species. of animals. Yeah, um, either and, and you know taxidermy on full display. Mostly taxidermy, but so, I some think, were crafted. I think the in in the the uh, ocean area. Yeah, those a lot of those were plastic. Yeah, so there were several different sections on the on the top end. There were all the animals and the and the. I almost called them seafood. Aren't I awful? Yum yum. And then, <laughs> well, we did have ceviche. <laughs> that's true. The next day, yeah. yeah. We, but they they had all of that, and then downstairs. Well, I mean, they did actually have a, a what do they call it? A saw nose. A uh, paddle nose or no, the shovel nose. The one with the saw. Sawfish. Uh, sawfish. Was it a saw? I thought yeah. it was a type of shark. Anyways, that that was a real. That was real. You uh-huh. can tell because those were the actual teeth. Mm-hmm. And they did have lots of jaw bones and things mm-hmm. like that, but I think like the marlin and the swordfish and all of those, I think those were just plastic. And then there was also a display there called the American Sideshow, and which they, was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. They had like the two-headed calf and all the things that you would see at the curiosity and shop, and even Seattle. shrunken heads. And they don't, they don't just show you the shrunken heads. They explain. They explain, and the, which, which they I were, knew the story because I read up on it. But they it were was like, ge- uh. Yeah, I mean, I thought I kind of thought they were mythical, but no, they are very real, no, and I real. cannot imagine anybody being that cruel to another human being. Well, I mean, most of the stuff they did to him was after they were dead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, um, <laughs> pretty savage. Pretty, pretty, pretty savage. savage. And then on the lower floor, there was um, the Texas a Texas Ranger Museum. We also have one in Waco, which, which we're we going to plan to visit. Yet. So. We spent hours there. I mean, I, think I was just three, three hours. Yeah, a good three hours, yeah. including including kicking back with a Lone Star. We did have a Lone Star, I but mean, it was Texas. It was so. Texas, and yeah. that was the official beer of the anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so we we got a couple of gifts at the gift shop, and we went on our happy way. So I'm I'm thinking whenever we visit a new city, mm-hmm. well, we're gone on vacation or just there for a weekend or whatever. That's what I want to do. I want to go to the and check out the local Mm -hmm. um, 
the local museums, because I galleries, that and more mm-hmm. than pretty much all of the tourist yeah. things we did. Yeah, I mean the river walks fun. The I've, river walks great. I do recommend, if at all possible, to go on a weekday. Yeah, because weekends or Saturday. Asses to eyeballs. And we were going to go down. We looked at the crowd and went, um, we're too old for this by yeah, now. Yeah, we're too old for this. <laughs> Saturday was insane. Yeah. So our Saturday it was, was It was like one, other than going to that museum, that was yeah. one day too many going to... Going to the river. Going to downtown. Because we had a plan for what? Because we had, okay, ooh, we got a coupon for this restaurant. And by the way, if you are a veteran... Always ask for the military discount. Because they will give you one every single we time. Went. Every single time. In on fact, the river. there was one restaurant that gave us a 25% discount. I got a 25% discount on my meal at Mad Dog. And I mean, Just for come mentioning on. it. <laughs> you know? I saw it on an ad in the restroom. I'm I mean, like, we I'm made up for it. Up. We tipped the living crap out of everybody. Oh, of but course they we did. It. Yeah. They deserved it. Yeah. yeah. So pretty much everywhere we went, and there was and the a the service discount. everywhere was was good. I mean, the and, con- and we're from Vegas, we yeah. know service. This yeah. was good service. And the concierge we met, uh, she was amazing. Mm-hmm. At the hotel, gave yeah. us a whole good lot advice. of information. Yeah. Overloaded us yeah. actually with. There's still a lot of things we need to do that are just outside of San Antonio. So yeah. we still need to do the we'll caves. Go, we'll go back. There's some wineries. There's a whole bunch of things to do. Uh, if you do come our way here in Central Texas, uh, yeah, check all that stuff out. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. But I think that's that's mostly what we know. Yeah, one evening we, the evening after the hailstorm, we finally made it to the hot tub. <sighs> <laughs> I hadn't been in the hot tub in years. Me either. Yeah, we only made it that one time because we kept saying, "Oh, we're gonna go do this, that, and the other, and we'll get back to the hotel by seven, and we'll hit it the hot tub." It never works and then, that you way. Know, Ten o'clock at night, we're like, <laughs> "Yeah." We also started watching the movie The Alamo with John Wayne and Richard Widmark and all of them. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll, we'll finish that eventually. Yeah. I was like, "I'm awake." Yeah. <laughs> so. I had a feeling a three-hour movie might have been just uh, a bit of an overreach. After the second bottle of champagne, yeah. <laughs> So, so we head anyway. back to the room every night, and we do, you know, couple things, yeah. and a nice hot shower, and more couple things, and bottle of champagne. It's like, hey, let's watch a movie. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> and that's pretty much the rest of the night. But um, mm. we did all the vacation-y things you do. We slept in. Especially the first day because we got oh in so God. late. Yeah, we got in at three a.m. So, so we, we slept, slept in. Like we we I'm we I made doubly. I sure I turned my phone off yeah. so the alarm yeah. wouldn't accidentally go off. It I was it was a wonder because we don't yeah. do this. We're up at yeah. well, Fritzy or cat. She gets us up. at Fritzy has me up at six, even though I don't <laughs> so have to be at three, work and then for six. two and a half hours. She gets me and my commute is five feet. Yeah. So yeah. Daddy, it's time to go. Yeah. So, um, six o'clock on the dot, just for daylight savings. I don't know how she does it, but, and, and then of course when she goes off, all the pets go off. So and I'm, done. by the way, even with all that, I'm very Saturday, happy Sunday to see her again. Matter. I'm happy yeah. to see Max and Fritzy again. You know, it's really funny because last time I went away for a while, mm-hmm. Fritzy didn't speak to me for a week. Mm-hmm. This time she will not let me out of her sight. Right. She's following me. She's behind my chair right now. Really? Following me from room to room, yelling at me, talking to me. Yeah, so that was funny. We had the most amazing house sitter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. She does this for a living. Yeah, I I don't don't know if she wants us to mention her by name, but let's just say 
let's just say that this beautiful, amazing soul who I do eventually want to have on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause she's got a lot of interesting stories. A lot to tell. of interesting. She could, I, I think she should be a co-host. She, I, I will only give out that she is a volunteer with the Red Cross. Yeah. And wow. So she, not only did she take care of our four pets, one of which was a barely house trained puppy, like still working on it. Mm-hmm. But we came home to a house that was cleaner than we left <laughs> And a fern on our door for some strange reason. I keep smacking into it when I leave. <laughs> but it's, it's really good. pretty, and I like it, so it's so going to stay it'll there. It'll stay there until it yeah. doesn't um, anymore. And she left an entire head of romaine lettuce, so hey, thanks. Caesar's, Caesar salad. Caesar yeah. salad, let's do this. Um, but yeah, if you're going to hire a house sitter, hire one that leaves the house in better condition than you left it. That was amazing. Was, then on the, on the drive. care of our pets, sent us yeah. pictures, told us everybody was okay. Because we really wanted to just completely disconnect and have a vacation. Right. And I hardly ever got online. I got online either. long enough to yeah. do a little bit of we writing for tonight's show, show which, I'll be, which I'll be doing in a few minutes yeah. here. We did nothing with the show. We did no social media. We just enjoyed ourselves, and it yeah. was wonderful. We needed that so much, so I highly mm. recommend that. And we decided on the way. But we didn't even leave the area after we checked out the hotel. There was a coffee shop down the hill, yeah. which we went to for <laughs> a little out. while. We, yeah, we did our, our no, because normally on Sunday after church, we do what we call our interlude. Mm-hmm. And that's where we hang out in a coffee shop, enjoy a cup of coffee, and just prepare for the show. Right. Which we... Kind of, sort of did. We kind of, sort of did. Kind of, sort of did. Um, it was a little loud at first for my so taste, loud. but you know, you it adapt. It was a total hipster joint with a yoga place next door, so kind of not our vibe, but <laughs> we, we still got stuff done. And then we we decided to stop at a random place, and we went to, well, we did plan to go to Trader Joe's. Yes. We did do that cause we because we don't, don't have one have, anywhere near where we live. No. So we got some stuff. For those of you who are triangulating our position, so you can. (laughs) We've already given away what town we live in or near. So anyway, no Trader Joe's. No Trader Joe's here. Yeah, they're they're. It would do really well. And then, but on the way there, we decided to eat lunch. Raving linguine with clam sauce. Yeah, she. I just I get that craving like maybe once a year. And and we lucked out in the city that we wound up in. My God. San Marcos, they have, they had a marvelous Italian restaurant, and it's like, if you ask me if I want Chinese food, half the time yes, half the time no. Mexican food, yeah, most of the time. Italian food, yes. Yes, one hundred percent. I'm on it. Let's do this. Let's do the cars. So, um, but yeah, we found a place, and the fantastic. Yeah, it was. It had that vibe I love with a good with a real Italian restaurant Mm -hmm. with the uh, checkerboard, red checkerboard. Mm Tablecloths and the the really dim lights mm-hmm. and the only thing it was missing was the melted candle into the wine bottle. That's right, the only thing it was right. missing. The uh, which our, is weird. So I got the impression that they don't have a liquor license because on the menu it says you can bring your own wine, mm-hmm. and they'll provide the glasses. I'm yeah, like, all they the all they had was seen. they had soda. I don't know if that's a Texas thing or what. I don't know. I've never no, seen that I've, before. No, I've never seen that before. Because Vegas is exactly the opposite. They're like, yeah. don't bring your crap. We don't want your crap here. Buy our expensive crap. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was. I had. I could have eaten anything on the menu and would have been completely happy. I'm going to provide the link to this joint because I would go out of my way to eat there. It's called Italian Garden in San Marcos. Our waiter was amazing. Yeah, he was great. I will yelp the living crap out of these people, but seriously, I would go out of my way to eat there again. 
It was it was that good. It was I had tortellini and uh, Caesar salad, which was amazing. The Caesar salad was exceptionally good. I think next time I'll have a chicken or fish dinner, but we'll see what happens. Nope, I'll have linguine and clam sauce because that's my game. That's my. Choice. I might have the same thing as a lovely. It was so good. Oh my god! But here's the thing: they have fresh baked garlic rolls that are so good. And it's the first thing they Olive serve Garden you. Olive Garden can bite my adenoids. These <laughs> things were so good. You could have just gotten a sauce and that would have been a meal right yeah. there. Yeah. And and all of their proportions were very generous. Yeah. Uh, the and and was reasonably fun, priced. I mean, phenomenal. it wasn't the, yeah. the prices. We got the out of there for good. under 50 bucks. Right. I mean, you can't do that today. Right. I can't get out of McDonald's for under 50 bucks. Yeah. And the service was amazing. The, the ambiance was perfect. Spot on, perfect. Yeah. The only weird thing was that the bathrooms were outside. I think it may have once been something else, like, like a, a gas station or something. I don't AM, know. AMPM or something. I don't know. Or Seven Eleven. I don't know. I mean, it has no resemblance to that, though. No, which is, not it was now. Just very strange. Really weird. The bathrooms yeah. were outside, so not like outside, outside. But you had to go outside the building, around the side of the building, and then there was an, another entry. Like you, where... like you would at uh, older gas stations. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I've seen it like Circle K's and whatnot. But right. Other right. than that, uh, like one hundred percent great experience, and yeah. so glad we just stumbled upon that. I literally typed in clam sauce, and that's how I found it on Yelp. <laughs> Really? Of all places, yeah. So mm. I'll be yelping the crap out of them because everything they're spot on. I hope the I, I hope the, I hope the, you held on to the receipt and knew the name of the, the host or the yes. waiter because yes, he of was. Of course I did. Of course I did. Was he was amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. I want his table no matter when we go. I know. I'll, specific. I'll call. Is so and so working? Oh, okay. We'll come back. <laughs> yeah, he was great. He was. He was and funny. We, he had a great sense of humor. Yeah. And you know, he called me sweetie, darling, and young lady. <laughs> You know, we're, from, my we're from walking with the cane. We're from and Texas everything. by way of Las Vegas. Everybody yeah. calls each other sweetie. If you get uptight about it, you don't belong. Well, I was born here in Texas, so yeah. I get to call everybody sweetie, honey, and darling because it's part of my heritage. Yeehaw! And you know, we went to Bucky's on you know both both ways. You got to hit Bucky's well, both ways. We hit Bucky's in New Braunfels on the way. We hit this lovely British com- uh, couple when we were up in the tower, mm-hmm. and they were driving to the next town over. And I said, okay, you have not experienced Texas unless you've hit a Bucky's. And people are always, what's a Bucky's? I'm like, well, if Walt Disney and 7 Eleven had a love child, it would be Bucky's. And of course, their eyes glazed over. I'm like, go on Google and look up 7 <laughs> Eleven. And they were laughing and everything. But I, hopefully, they hit a Bucky's because they were a fun couple. I, and, and you know, overall, with the exception of getting to the uh, the tower, I, it was such a marvelous experience, and just being able to spend some quiet time and sometimes not so quiet time with my wife. <laughs> I'm still a stress monkey, even when he I'm on vacation. I don't know monkey. what the heck oh, my, my problem goodness. is. Um, but anyway, I he, you know I shouldn't get so open about my life, but I am going to therapy to get this taken yeah, care of because I'm. Monkey. Because I'm, I'm, I'm stressed his words, out. His words, not mine. Yeah, yeah um, but anyway, we we had a we had a fantastic time, and you know this all worked out. We found a place to stay. Mm-hmm. We found. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that. Um, I will say that this uh, hotel, it's called the A Line. It's out in 
way outside of downtown San Antonio. It's, yeah, it's a good. It's owned by away. the same company that owns Econolodge, believe it or not. Um, I don't believe that. Yeah, it's Choice Hotels. Mm-hmm. They also own Radisson and it, a bunch it, of the, other. The whole vibe, though, remind me of Lake Las Vegas with mm-hmm. the condos and yeah. the fancy hotel. It and the resembled it a lot. It wouldn't surprise me if it was the same designer. It, Seriously, I, it would not surprise me at all. Um, yeah, sadly, a, most of the shops were empty. Yeah. And I, I think that has to do with COVID. Well, they're also developing more of it, so yeah. it could well, just be that at the early build. stages, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I, we might go back there sometime, just not not through the time t- through a timeshare situation. All right. Um, well, we only have twenty minutes left. Oh well, let's. Get... I uh, we got some weird and wonderful to talk about, and I think we'll bump our nice things to next week because I think we're going to run out of time. Okay. So let's talk about weird and wonderful. <laughs> Counterculture Wise is proud to present News of the Weird and Wonderful. Here are your hosts, Melanie Hope and Jim Monis. <laughs> uh, we don't end the show on this one, I'll be surprised, but we want This is more weird than wonderful. <laughs> I have no idea what in heaven's name. This headline means. I've been. How many years have we been doing this show? This is the absolutely. Well, I mean, this is the first time a queen has died. So let's talk about how the holy anointing oil for King Charles the Third's coronation, sadly, will not contain the intestinal wax of sperm whales or civet secretions. <laughs> Most people don't even know what a civet is. You, okay, well, we'll learn. We'll learn. We'll learn. I mean, I know a, what it is. We'll, we'll learn it's one what of my favorite is. creatures, but they, they're, they're nocturnal. Nocturnal creatures. Okay. The oil used to anoint the king in the coronation is one of the most sacred and mysterious parts of the ceremony, and a new quantity has been prepared. I, I didn't even know they did oil anointing ceremonies. Oh, yeah. so this is all... A little too ritualistic and, and, and I don't know. I, I'm just not into the royal thing. I just don't get it. But reflecting modern animal-friendly sensitivities, this oil will not include any ingredients from animals. The chrism oil for the coronation was consecrated in a religious ceremony in Jerusalem on Friday. Hmm. This was carried out in one of the city's holiest Christian sites, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Previous versions have included civet oil from the glands of the small mammals and ambergris from the intestines of whales, which I think we did a story on this not too long ago. Mm-hmm. They let out in their poop. But we've been killing whales for centuries to, to get it out of them before they poop it, which is kind of pathetic when you think about it. Very. So, Jim, what is a civet? I'm a not civet is a little civets. nocturnal creature, cute little thing, but vicious. Like a wolverine type thing? I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen one. There was this show called uh, The Seven Nightly Hamill. I don't remember what it's called. This. Oh, yeah. It's a type of cat. Uh, yeah. Kind of ish. Oh, they're cute. I done told you they was cute. It's like if a cat and a bat had a baby. Yes, exactly. 
So, um, just for the record, this is something I always ask. Uh-huh. Do you get mink oil by wringing the mink? Do you get civet oil by, like, kind of wringing the civet and then setting it down and letting it there away? You, I, my guess, and it's highly uneducated, is that they are sent to the next plane in order that these products may be had. I always had this image of somebody picking up a rink and just kind of twisting a little bit and oil came out and then... You if set only, it down and it, run, it scurries away. That would be very nice if that were the case. Not the case. Not the case. And Girl Scout cookies are not made with real Girl Scouts. No, they're not. They're made with with uh, inexpensive flour and inexpensive sugar and then sold at an expensive rate to raise <laughs> money for... It's so insane how much they cost <laughs> now. When I was a child, they cost two pity. <sighs> okay. Previous versions... Okay, I already read that part. There had been concerns about animal cruelty and the need to protect wildlife, and the latest formula for the holy oil for King Charles' coronation will be animal-free. I have no problem with that. It's just I weird really that they did it in the first place. don't have a problem with this at all. I'm surprised here we are in 2023, and we're just now talking about this. Although, I mean, how long was the queen alive? Like... Ten she centuries? was al- she was alive longer than you, me, and five of our friends. Yeah, the I woman mean, she, lived to be hundred and twelve. She's older than Biden. I mean, that's yeah, she was, old. she was she was really old. And and yet she was still coherent till the end of her days. And our president isn't. Oh well. Although the coronation is seen as a great moment of national pageantry and historical rituals, there is a strong religious element. The anointing of the king has echoes of a christening or the ordination into religious orders, with the monarch being symbolically touched with holy oil on the head, chest, and hands. Does he bear his chest? I have no idea. She's she's Tim Conway. Thank thank God there's no visuals right now. (laughs) Tim Conway. This was considered such a sacred moment that the television cameras were not allowed to film it in 1953. And there has been speculation about whether the anointing will be shown on TV during King Charles' coronation on May 6th. Bets. We're taking bets. Do you think it'll be televised? Yeah. I say no. Hmm. I say no. The new oil includes olive oil scented with a mix of essential oils, sesame, rose, jasmine, cinnamon, neroli, and benzoin, with an orange blossom also added. God save the queen. The king is gay. God save the queen. Okay. <laughs> it also has a royal family <laughs> significance, partly using olives grown on the Mount of Olives at the monastery of Mary Magdalene, which is where the king's grandmother, Prince Alice, is buried. That's actually kind of sweet. That's sweet. In his Christmas message, the king, I love how they capitalize it, has spoken of his own Christian faith and how much he had been moved when he visited biblical sites, such as Jesus' birthplace in Bethlehem, which I would love to do. The Holy Land is a bucket list. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I, I did get to see the prison where um, Paul was. That hmm. I. Um, wow. That's, that's the cool. closest I got. The oil was consecrated by the Patriarch of Jerusalem in the 
Anglican Archbishop in Jerusalem at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, built on the site where it is believed Jesus died and was buried. Oh, heavy stuff. God, I would love to visit that. <laughs> they could just stop bombing each other for five minutes. That'd be great. Justin Webley, the Archbishop of Canterbury, welcomed the use of oil from Mount of Olives, a site outside Jerusalem with many biblical connections. It seems to me that ambergris and squeezed minks weren't really a thing back in biblical days. So how did that become part of... I don't know. Okay. Unless, like, the ambergris comes from Jonah... But they said he was he was swallowed by a fish, not a whale. Fish don't have ambergris, so should have been fish oil. <laughs> Maybe it was. I'm just saying. Maybe they just dissolved a bunch of the tablets. Who knows? I, I just think they made up <laughs> crap. He added, from ancient kings through to the present day, monarchs have been anointed with oil from this sacred place. Yeah, olive oil I get. Yeah. that's mentioned multiple times in the Bible. Absolutely. The implements used for the anointing, including a spoon, are rare survivors of the original medieval coronation regalia, most of which were destroyed on the orders of Oliver Cromwell in 1649. Well, we darn. There's so, a lot to um, learn. you know, I don't agree with the monarchy, and I'm not really interested that much, but actually, I think this is a good thing. It's fascinating. I'm, I'm fine with this. Yeah. I, I, yeah, there's no need to to kill animals for that kind of thing. In fact, wow, that's I find I find that whole animal testing I just thought thing the in general was to be hilarious. Yeah, it was different for sure. All right, your turn all right, my us. turn. More wonderful than weird, and then we all have right, a special we uh, a special re- oh, that's, report. What, you want to do that first? I mean, you know, <clears throat> it, this is more weird than wonderful if you really think about it. That Lori Lightfoot <clears throat> was actually primaried out of her position, not that she didn't deserve it. But we here at Counterculture Wise have an exclusive. We have her concession speech. Hit it, Lori. Attention, Kmart shoppers. It's showtime. As the first black lesbian mayor of Chicago, I want to thank you from the bottom of the pit where my heart once was. You didn't let the fact that I was yet another career lawyer and politician, that I'm incompetent, or that my face is nightmare bait prevent you from electing me to run this fair city. But all good things must come to an end. Two men are now going to run instead of me. They both suck. They both hate black people. No, I don't give a damn if one of them is black. He hates black people. And I don't give a damn if they both support feminism and abortion rights. They hate women. Why? Because I'm pissed and I said so. You should have stuck with me. Now, on to my accomplishments. I reduced violent crime in Chicago. Don't look at me like that. I did. I preserved all the classic elements of what made this city great. I said don't look at me like that. Al Capone was great, you racists. Our city also invested in affordable housing, which lowered the median house cost in the metro area from $283,000 to $287,000. Yes, said Lord, I'm a politician, not a mathematician. Problem with that? Before I go back to the netherworld from which I came, I want to thank all my fellow dead people for voting Democrat. Good night, and God bless. I hate saying that. Um, Beetlejuice is no longer the queen. Long live the king. We we don't know we yet. Don't know she, yet. She's 
She's still mayor. She's just, you know, <sighs> got to wait for the election. I to... still cannot figure out how that thing got elected so many times. She's had, she had a lot of other um, positions in Chicago government. And she works with schools and police. Well, one thing I can, things. you know what? I have to get her, give her credit. I have to give her credit. The one thing we know for absolute fact, she did not sleep her way to the top like a certain camel toe did. We Indeed. Know for a fact, Indeed. that Lori Lightfoot did not sleep her way to the top. All right. So moving on to. Let's bigger wrap and better this things. Party up with a nice story, shall we? Let's do exactly that. And it goes like this: An eight-year-old boy in Arkansas is raising money to help a hard-working Waffle House employee buy a car and find a decent apartment. Careful, boy! Don't let the Clintons find out, or you might end up suiciding yourself. You didn't have to bring that up. There. <laughs> Kazen Hunter and his family are regulars at their local Waffle House, yum, where Devante works. He always greets us with the biggest smile, Kazen says, adding that he is one of the most joyous and positive people you've ever met. He does have an amazing yeah, smile. Yeah, he's, he's got a beautiful smile. The family recently learned that Devante was walking to and from work every day and that his wife and their two daughters were living in a motel room due to b- black mold in their apartment. Oh, sweetie. Oh, that's horrible. He had to get his kids out and sell, and it set him back a lot, Kazen said. His family decided to create a GoFundMe to help Devante get a car and find a clean rental property for his family. I hope your heart is as big as mine and you will help me spread kindness in the world. Any amount helps, Kazen wrote in GoFund, GoFundMe. With an initial goal of $5,000 to get Devante a reliable vehicle, the online fundraiser has now accumulated more than $57,000 as of Friday morning. There's all, there will be a link to go if you want to contribute um, on our website, counterculturewise.com. $57,000. Yeah. That's enough to get a decent car and, and buy pay. a house. Well. Oh, my God. That's amazing. That Look is, at this little guy. What a sweetie. That is fantastic. And the kid initiates these. I love it when the children initiate this oh, kids stuff. Kids are amazing. Kids are amazing. Well, God bless Devonte and his entire family, and God bless Kazen. 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 Okay, white people, we gotta stop naming our kids these weird ass names because I don't. I can't keep up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That was my racist comment. That was your racist the comment. They always have to have one. Come per on, show. white people. We gotta <laughs> stop naming. We gotta go back to George and Bill. And... What happened to Bob? I like Bob. Okay. <laughs> nice American names like Jose. <laughs> <laughs> nice American names like Jose. There we go. Jesus. Well, folks, it's been a doozy of a week, and I hope you enjoyed the interview. Normally, we don't put our interviews up first, but. I'm telling you, we were literally sliding inside. Yeah, we screamed in sideways. There was some horrific traffic on the way. Our GPS took us around Robin Hood's barn. And, of course, we had to make a Trader Joe's stop because stupid Waco doesn't have a Trader Stupid Joe's. Hello, there we go. Trader Joe's. Giving away our position again. <laughs> Hello, Trader <laughs> Joe's. Waco, just saying. College Town, just saying. And, uh, yeah. Overall, it was an amazing week. 
we will be talking about timeshares. And uh, like I said, Max is trying to get a job with one. So I'm, we'll see how that goes next week. Oh, boy. And may you have amazing service, relaxing times in hot tubs, the world's most amazing ceviche, which I had on the way home, which made up for the terrible service. <laughs> and um, good times with your family. Enjoy every moment. Have an amazing week. Counterculture Wise is a Stormcat production. Thank you for joining our growing family of listeners. All links from the show are available on our website, counterculturewise.com. Find our archives on any of your favorite podcast hosts. We engage in satire, commentary, and generally laugh at the ridiculousness of our crumbling society. Our only medical or financial advice is to not follow any financial or medical advice given by podcasters. Our animations, interviews, holy crap segment, and other videos are put out on BitChute and Rumble, and only in part on YouTube because they hate free speech. Our show is entirely funded by listeners like you. Visit our ever-expanding merch store or our subscribe star, where you can get outtakes, extra videos, and sneak peeks. If you would like to be a guest on our program, feel free to contact us via our website. Just click on the link at the top that says, Be a Guest on Our Show. For more fun and cat pics, please visit our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. For complaints about our show, please fill out the ID10T form on our website, and we will give it the attention it deserves. Meanwhile, no matter how cruel the world may be around you, always remember the importance of kindness. Be kind to each other. Be kind to animals. And be kind to yourself. See you you next next week. week.